Hi, welcome. Thank you for tuning to Life Plus Up with your host Kevin Yang. For all the listeners, Life Plus Up is a podcast dedicated in making your life better by achieving success in three core components of life: personal, financial, and career. In each episode, we'll be bringing some of the most positive and inspiring news, followed by introducing programs to help out with personal finance. We'll coach you some professional skills to help you advance in your career, and be your resources for a better lifestyle and health. You can find the newest episode every Wednesday by follow or subscribe on your favorite podcast platform, such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, Google, or much more. At the end of each episode, I will answer some of the questions from our listeners. So if you have a question, please email me or DM me on Instagram, or just by clicking on the voice link listed in the description. Remember, if you find this podcast informative and helpful, please share with someone that you think this can help. So now, let's have a great show. Imagine you just walked out of an interview with confidence. You felt you answered all the questions with ease. You talk about your achievement in your field, and the hiring manager seems impressed. You even have some laugh with the interviewers during the whole meeting. You tell yourself, "I got this. This went better than I thought." Weeks went by as you stare at your email inbox with no updates. Your confidence decreases with time as you continue to revise your resume. What went wrong? What didn't I do right? You begin to question yourself as you continue to submit your resume with a dozen of job postings online. Welcome to episode nine: Mastering Life Hacks of Job Search. Now, as we kick off our episode on this Thanksgiving Eve. I would like to share a positive and inspiring news from Today.com, written by Brooks Sesman and Laura Spatak. Couple opens Courage House, Wisconsin's first group home for homeless LGBTQ youth. Me, Brad, and Nick, the couple behind the Wisconsin's Courage House, two dads from Wauwatosa, Wisconsin, are determined to make sure that LGBTQ teenagers have roofs over their heads. The co-founders of Courage MKE, a nonprofit organization that provides resources to homeless LGBTQ youth, in 2015, Brad had the idea to host a fundraiser to support a displaced lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and queer youth. The Courage MKE was born shortly thereafter, and in 2019, the organization opened its door to the Courage House, the first ever licensed group home for LGBTQ youth in Wisconsin. Less than a month after opening, Courage House welcomed its first child. It's now currently home to five, the maximum amount that it can accommodate. Beyond, it brings a place to sleep. Residents have access to on-site therapy and receive assistance with healthcare, life skills, and family unifications. It was after fostering their first teenager, Annette, that the Nick 
and Brad discovered that staggering amount of homelessness in LGBTQ youth community. Annette was kicked out of their parents' home for identifying as lesbian and didn't feel welcome at the woman's shelter that she fell to. Until we became foster parents, we had no idea how many kids in Milwaukee have not sleeping in their parents' home every night. Brad told today, adding that most are couch surfing, staying at friends' homes and sleeping behind dumpsters or in the alleys. I want them to know that there is a door that they can knock on and get a hot meal and a shower and a soft pillow to sleep on, he said. I can't fathom sleeping behind a dumpster when it's negative 20 degrees outside. A study from Chaplin Hall at University of Chicago in 2017 reported that LGBTQ teams have a 120% higher risk of homelessness comparing to heterosexual or cisgender teens. Together, the couple has four kids, three from Brett's previous marriage and Ivy, and whose adoption became official 454 days after being fostered by Brett and Nick in 2016. Bringing these children into our house taught them that everyone needs to be and deserves to be loved, and they have accepted them as siblings when they are here, Brett said. Opening the home was not without its challenges. Brett and Nick, who both held full-time jobs during this 18-month of renovations, relied on the volunteers and were often slowed by zoning board approvals. However, the project gained much support from the community and co-sponsors along the way. We're really fortunate to have so many amazing people, community leaders, that are very passionate about what we are doing and have been fundraising for us throughout the whole year, Nick said. Courage is more than just a house. It's more that we are a movement and creating a really, really awesome dialogue in our city and making that change. Courage MKE's biggest fundraiser is their annual gala. In 2018, they suppressed their goal and raised more than $70,000. We are strengthening the community by doing our best to send really awesome, powerful adults into the world that otherwise probably wouldn't have gotten the chance to do that, Nick said. We're just kind of like pushing it forward and hopefully creating really strong leaders that are going to take over and make this world better. Here at Life Plus Up, Nick and Brad, we thank you for your courage and also we admire what you had done for those teams, and we definitely looking for them to go ahead and push this change forward. Now, before we get into the main segments of the episode, let's take a short break and hear what our sponsor has to say. Welcome back. Last week, I asked my followers on social medias to send in their questions as I intend to make this episode as a mailbag episode. However, I have received overwhelming amount of questions in relate to my previous episode, Project, Surviving Layoff. So I decided to use this episode to answer most of the questions at once. So today, I will be sharing some of the life hacks to make anyone's job search a bit easier. The two most important life hacks during the job search are how to win advocates for your job search and four things not to do in an interview. So let's talk about who are the advocates and how to win them over. Now, let me ask you, do you remember what it feels like when you have supporters and cheerleaders in your corner while you thrive at work? Do you remember cheering for your favorite band during a live concert and seeing them respond by singing more with enthusiasm? 
Have you ever wondered why home court advantage make a difference in any sports game? There are no denials of positive effects of cheering when you are in actions, but have you ever thought about having cheerleaders for your job search? Having cheerleaders or advocates in your corner during a job search can make the process so much easier and potentially more rewarding. They can introduce you to the right person. They can go ahead and leverage the relationship to help you get an above market average offer. They can even endorse your skills and match them to a new industry that you haven't not even thought of before. So if you know there are so many benefits of having an advocate, how do you win them over? Unlike sports or music bands, in the professional world, there's no unconditional support or love. There has to be a reason for one to help another out, right? The reasons range from monetary to industry reputation. The key of winning advocate is to align their interests with yours. You have to make them believe that helping you is actually helping themselves. You have to make them think that this is not just a win-win situation. This will be you win less than they do situation. So, what are the major types of advocates that can help you during the job search, and how do you align your interests with them? So, the three major types of advocates are professional contacts or acquaintances, headhunters, and business professional associations. Now, let's talk about professional contact and acquaintance. They are the contacts that you know through network events or on LinkedIn. They don't have a close relationship with you, and they don't really care about your career aspiration. Since you don't know them well, how do you get them on your side? For this type of advocate, you really have to leverage the internal referral compensation program as a reason to help you out. In this day and age, when loyalty not doesn't really mean anything, talents are hard to find. Many companies offer incentive for the employees to refer talents to join the company. Depending on the position that you refer, sometimes the compensation can be in thousands of dollars. These monetary incentives are a perfect reason for becoming your advocate. The first step to win these type of advocates is to put a message out there that you are looking for a new career opportunity. People who are familiar with their internal referral compensation program and your industry reputation will definitely jump on the opportunity to refer you to their recruiters. Now, how do you put a message out there for all your contacts to know that you're looking for a new job? You can use your auto exit reply in the social media platform like LinkedIn or Facebook, which you can find more information about it in our previous episode, Project Surviving Layoff. You can also proactively reaching out to your contacts by searching the company that you would like to apply for on LinkedIn. From the search, LinkedIn will show you a list of your contacts who's currently or previously worked there. Now, all you have to do is to reach out and ask for a referral. The second type of advocates are headhunters. Headhunters or agency recruiters are individual contractors hired by the companies to find talents. They are generally commission based, which means that they only get paid if their referrals actually landed the job. However, since their time is limited, they will only like to work with candidates that have the highest chance of landing a job with their contractors. So, how do you appear attractive to headhunters? There are three general ways of attracting headhunters, which are network, social media, and industry reputation. 
your network will be an excellent place to start attracting the attention of headhunters. In this day and age, it will not be uncommon that one of your professional network have recently landed a job with the help of a headhunter. Browse your LinkedIn notifications and see if anyone has recently started a new job. If you do find some, just send a message over and ask for a referral and see if they can give you someone that they helped them to get the job in the first place. Now, social media are also the hunting grounds for headhunters. They scan through hundreds of profiles through different filters to zero in on their targets. There are a few tips to increase the likelihood of appearing on their radar. First, really upgrade your LinkedIn to LinkedIn Premium if you haven't done so. When you become a LinkedIn Premium member, you'll have a small golden logo by your profile picture, which implies that you are currently open for opportunity. Take a few LinkedIn profile building classes through LinkedIn Learning or YouTube just to increase the chances of matching your profile to their search filters. Alas, as a LinkedIn Premium user, you can search for headhunters from various industries and message them directly. Remember, you intend to show them that you are committed, passionate, and very capable of winning the heart of recruiters. Once they recognize you as the gem that to help them to get the next paycheck, they will advocate and market you relentlessly. Now, the third type, industry reputation. It is a powerful weapon when you come to attracting headhunters and managing your own career path. You'll be amazed how much you have actually learned after years of working in your industry. Your experiences and knowledge may be invaluable for others who are struggling to get started. Take some time to write blogs or columns and publish them on online publications like Startup, Better Marketing, or even Harvard Business Journal. After you post a few of your articles on all your social media accounts, you will soon grab the attention of your headhunters as an expert of the industry. Now, let's talk about the third type of advocates, which is business professional associations. Business professional associations or local meetups are great advocates. Many business professional associations, such as NAP, the National Association of Asian American Professionals, or Toastmasters, are excellent endorsers for job seekers. The association charge a membership dues. In exchange, they provide network opportunities, skill trainings, and career transition support. Their survival depends on how their membership feels and the value of them. Since many of the associations are classified by industry or skill set, your membership often endorse your connection, capabilities, and professional knowledge. Knowing that fact, you should be surprised that many recruiters actually enroll themselves as the member so they can go ahead and have access to those potential candidates or talents. Now, you can also try Meetup. Meetup provides a platform to different professionals and interest groups. On their site, you can find social groups based on interest, career, or even social causes. Like professional association, many meetup groups really depend their survival on the number of members or participants of their events. So for them to retain their membership, you can expect them to shout the loudest in your corner once that you notify them that you're actually looking for a job. Now, in everything we do, having a cheerleaders and advocates will have a positive impact on the outcome. Having support and encouragement in your corner during a job search can really make the process easier and potentially a lot more rewarding. Now, look at your corner. 
How many cheerleaders or advocates do you have? If you don't have enough cheering, what are you going to do about it? Now imagine you've done everything correctly and you got an opportunity for interview. Let's talk about what are the not to do during the interview. As a hiring manager and a career coach for over 15 years, I have interviewed and hired over 500 candidates for a variety of positions and industries. Over the years, I have observed many candidates who were highly skilled and maybe a good fit for the company, but really turned off the interviewer during their meeting. So instead of talking about another guide for interview tricks, I want to really point out a few of the not-to-dos that create a terrible first impression. Here is the list of the four major not-to-do when you come to the interviewing. First, being too early. Second, dress inappropriately. Third, social media for public. And fourth, a really bad thank you letter. Now, let's talk about being too early. There's a saying, being too early is as inconvenient as being late. As a hiring manager, I believe that being too early is actually more unexcusable than being late. Let's be honest, sometimes being late can be out of our control, right? Your bus may be broke down in the middle of the street, your car may be blow a tire on the highway, and if you live in New York City, you know the subway has a 100% delay rate. As long as your reasons are honest and you inform the hiring managers ahead of the time, being late shouldn't hurt your first impression much. Now, being too early is totally in your control. You choose to walk into the office an hour early and ask the receptionist for the interviewers. There has been more than one time that while I was sitting in the meeting with other executives, my employee would walk in and interrupt the whole session just to tell me that someone is looking for me. I look at my watch and it always showed that the interview is about 45 minutes later. You can imagine that I already have a very bad impression due to the disruption of my meeting, right? My suggestion is to check in about 15 minutes before the interview. If you found yourself arrived too early, like 25 minutes or more, Really use this opportunity to observe the culture within or nearby the office. What kind of atmosphere do you feel? Do you, the employee appear happy or stressed? Remember, you're not simply just making an important decision. Take this time to see if you really want to be part of this working atmosphere, right? Now let's talk about dressing appropriately. This seems to be a no-brainer, but like an old saying, common sense is not really so common. When I say dress inappropriately, it doesn't always mean professional business style. How will you feel if you are an interviewer for a startup tech company wearing a polo shirt and your candidate walks in with a three-piece suit looking like a Wall Street banker? If you dress too different from your interviewer, you'll be viewed as an outsider. Being able to be likable and relate to your interviewer is really the key of winning the first impression. You may ask, how do I know what kind of clothing culture do they have over there? There's a lot of things you can do to prevent dressing like an outsider. If this is a retail business, really visit the store as a secret shopper a day or two beforehand. Take a mental note while observing your future peers and see how they dress. If this is a regular office building located in a big giant city, you can always sit in the lobby for 15 to 30 minutes and observe the traffic in and out. Are they in suits? Do you feel like you can dress like the employees there? 
Like the Geico commercial said, 15 minutes, you can actually do a lot of things with that. Now, let's talk about social media for public. We have all heard stories of people getting fired or rejected due to their social media photos. Sometimes you can have completely normal photos, but an offensive background or a couple of drinks in your hand just get the wrong impression, right? You may be a regular friend's birthday, but someone in the background was puking out of their mind. How will you think the interviewer feels? If you want to share your photos with the world, then I suggest you to start cleaning up your social media accounts before you click on that job application button. In this digital age, your recruiter and interviewer can find your social media account by simply typing your name on Google along with your zip code. So why not just really control your own narrative, right? Sometimes you can do all the right things with all the right pictures, but we all have that friend who tags everyone for everything. Make sure you don't allow people to tag you without consent. Your friends may want to show the world what kind of good times you are, but that's not really what you want to do before the interview. Now let's talk about the last one, a bad thank you letter. Sending a thank you letter after interview is a courtesy and may give your interviewer a good impression. However, sending a bad one is far worse than not sending one at all. There is a lot of a talk about handwritten letters make the perfect impression. Honestly, unless you have the perfect penmanship and you are a grammar guru, emails are just fine. You should know that you are not the only candidate that day, and your interviewer probably received tons of email after the interview date. Do you really want to fall behind for two business days with a USPS and a stamp? Sometimes your interviewer doesn't even see the regular mail depending on the company's mailing policy. So I suggest you just to send an email with a sincere subject line. Another thing that I cannot stand is a lengthy thank you letter. Let's be honest, we only met for one or two hours top. There's no need to send me a four-page essay about yourself. This is a thank you letter, not a thank you novel, right? If you are hiring managers, do you really want to hear someone talk about themselves for four pages while using a thank you as a hook? My recommendation is to research on Google and learn how to write a compelling one-page thank you letters. Now at last, my final advice is that this is not just your interview. Be sure to interview your hiring managers and make sure that you are making the right decision. Now, as we have discussed the life hacks of job search, I want to share with all the listeners that we had just recently launched our Facebook fan page. Just go to facebook.com slash podcast life plus up. From our page, you'll be able to find our news, about our upcoming episodes and events. Remember, if you have any questions, please feel free to reach out to me by DM through social media or just email me. I will try to answer them in our upcoming episode. Now, at last, I wish all the listeners a very happy Thanksgiving and a very safe shopping. As we're wrapping up this episode, I want to thank and remind all the listeners that in the description, you'll be able to find the overview of our contents, the links to positive news and resources, and most importantly, the show notes that I publish on Medium.
Our music are being brought by Scott Holmes from scottholmesmusic.com. And if you have a question for my guests or for myself, please email me at podcastlifeplusup at gmail.com or find me on Instagram or simply by clicking on the voice link in the description. If you find this podcast informative and helpful, please follow and subscribe through your favorite podcast platform and share with someone that you really think this can help. If you want to support, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or simply by clicking on the donation button. Now, we'll see you all next Wednesday. Until then, remember, success without fun never lasts. And fun without success is not really too much fun. So let's have a fun and a successful podcast together.